Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Carrie. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. We are so excited to talk to you about all things related to church music here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. Now each week we will break down a hymn. It could be an old favorite or it could be one you've never heard of. But it is our prayer that you will worship with us no matter what song it is. So let's get started here on Hymn Talk, Twin Talk. <laughs> Hi everyone! Hi! I'm Carrie. I'm Kelly. And, and we're, we're identical, identical twins. twins. Thank you for finding Him Talk Twin Talk. Yes. Are you watching us on YouTube? <laughs> yes. So we've been putting these out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it you just know. basically means that we put lipstick on before we go to the recording studio. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be that we would be like in our pajamas. Yeah. Well, actually, for those of you who are watching, um, we're a little cold today. So we, yeah, have, we, a have, a we have a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were you having heating issues? Yes, in this we house? actually haven't had heat all day, mm-hmm. and we're in the basement, so it's a little cold. Yeah, there was like an issue with the furnace. I don't know, but it's but we're on. sipping it, some hot tea. Yep, sometimes, like two old ladies. <laughs> sometimes we ask you to guess what's in our teacups. It's called dandelion tea, right? It's supposed to promote healthy livers. I pulled the wind dandelions right from the yard. <laughs> and then we steeped them? No, we didn't. No, no. It's, it's still snow on the ground. Yeah, it's still snowy. Yeah. And, we're, and we're getting a storm. Yep. But um, we can see that spring is coming. Oh, yes. We are in the middle of March. Mm-hmm. We're in the middle of Lent. Easter, Palm Sunday, Holy Week, it's all on the horizon. Yeah. Sometimes when it's early Easter, we have snow on the ground. Right. And it's very weird, like going out with your Easter dresses and like feeling like there's snow and you need boots. I know. If you live in a warm climate, you never have to worry about that. But for us, it's very real. Yeah. So, but this year, Easter's far enough away. It'll probably be beautiful. And we're really looking forward to kind of focusing in on Lent, Holy Week, the Passion of Jesus Christ. I think the point of worship services during Holy Week is to really remember what happened. But it's more than just remembering. It's, you know, reliving it. Reliving it. And do you remember that word? Anastasia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hold on. Um, Amnesia. You should be doing the bad, the incorrect answer one. I'm just kind of joking because I do know the word. Okay. Um, Like amniotic? (laughs) I, I mean, we're chuckling, but I think our audience is like, <laughs> I do know the word. Okay, what is it? Anamnesis? Yes. <laughs> right, right. Anamnesis. So we talked about anamnesis a lot um, last year for actually during this time period. Right. And it was for the song, Were You There? Yes. And it was asking the question, like, were you there? And of course, nobody, none of us who are alive right now were actually there. Right. Um, but it's this idea that you can talk about it and um, and almost relive it right yeah. remember it yeah. i love that remember it like become a member of it it's not just a story that you heard from a million years ago it's we're reliving it yeah. and this hymn this week i think is such a great example mm-hmm. again you know like were you there these lent holy week mm-hmm. hymns mm-hmm. really do this well they really do this well all right so, so we so during holy week we really want to remember what happened yes to jesus and this hymn does a great job. Let's mm-hmm. tell them what it is. All right, are you ready? Yes. So this week's hymn is Lead, Lead Me, Me to, to Calvary. Calvary. <laughs> Woo! Hopefully everybody's clapping. Yes, such a good example of bringing people yeah. into the story mm-hmm. of Calvary. Obviously, we're not walking to Calvary right no, now. Lead no. Me to Calvary. It's about reliving it. This is why worship music is so important. It brings us into the gospel in a new and creative way. It can't just be all the old, you know, but it can't also be all the new. Right. And I mean, we can read countless times in the Bible, Jesus's story, the story, the all the events that took place between Palm Sunday and and Easter. Mm -hmm. But having a song invite us to the story is so different. And I'm not saying you should sing and not read the Bible. They do go hand in hand. But that's why music is so Mm -hmm. important. So we found yeah. a singing trio <laughs> that has a recording of this hymn. Yeah. And we just fell in love with the hymn, with them, and we fell in love with them. 
very sweet family mm -hmm. who are completely committed to spreading the good news mm -hmm. through music, but also through their church. We're going yes. to hear more about them. All right, you want to just run the yes, interview? Yes, run the interview. So this is Nicholas and Grace from and Australia. Yes. I mean, we had to figure out the time zone for us to be online at the same time. Right, right. And their children, Josiah, Nathan, and Sophia, make up the group called the Creative Trio. Yep, so we're going to talk to them for a little bit, and then we'll be back to talk all about the hymn. All right, so this is our a very first for Hymn Talk Twin Talk. <laughs> we have our uh, guests on the show calling in all the way from Australia. Australia. <laughs> this is, Let me get my didgeridoo. <laughs> you cannot do an Australian accent. Okay, this Let's is... Put some shrimp on the barbie. Stop it. <laughs> All right, this is Nicholas and Grace from Australia here to talk about their awesome, beautiful musical singing family, mm -hmm. Creative tr Trio. Welcome, Nicholas and Grace. Yay! Hey, hi. hi. It's so good to be here with you both. Come and join us for the barbecue. <laughs> Let's go and see some kangaroos and koalas. Oh, we so can't tell which is which out of you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can't tell which one of you is which either. <laughs> In, in yellow, in yellow, we have Carrie. Carrie. Carrie, beautiful. And, and in blue, we have Kelly. Okay, yeah. great. Love yeah. it. We love you both already. Thank you. So, tell us about where you live in Australia. Where are you? Yeah. In in you know, in comparison to like Sydney, the you know, anything that we would recognize. Melbourne. Yeah. Look, we're we're right in the heart of Sydney. We live about. Uh, probably three or four kilometers from the downtown. downtown Sydney, Darling Harbour, Harbour Bridge, Opera House, the whole works. Um, we have a we have a church that we run in downtown Sydney. So that's why the location is so um, so conveniently positioned. Biggest city in Australia, greatest population in Australia. What's the name of your church? Antioch Gospel Church. Oh. We have, we have uh, predominantly young student population, um, young families in Australia here and uh, charismatic Pentecostal kind of environment. We just love the Lord. Uh -huh. And now you say you run the church. Like what, what is your official titles at the yeah. church? Senior pastors. You we planted the church ourselves oh, um, under, under, ago, under yeah. covering about 16 years ago now. We started with five members and it's just steadily grown since then. Now I feel like you're also musical. Do you also do the worship or do you have other people come in and do the worship for you? We, we did do the, the worship. Um, Originally, so yes. And I still do some of the worship yeah. and the singing. Okay. And he's doing a lot of the preaching. And I do can play some music as well. Okay. And to contribute in, you know, whatever I can have to fill the gap at church in terms of the worship ministry. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thankfully, we have a team now that really carries a lot of the worship element of what we do. Yeah. And the kids are rising up. It's just been an right. amazing, amazing journey. They are. Right. We run the worship at our church as well. I'm the director of worship and music and carries the accompanist. But, you know, we kind of all do everything. It's whatever needs to get done. But one of the parts of Carrie's job that she has just, you know, jumped into and has made happen, especially in the pandemic, was rising up our our youth musicians, you know, instrument players, singers and even youth worship leaders. So about once a month, we'll have a teenager kind of lead the worship. And she's That's in cool. charge of picking the music, practicing with them, making sure that they're ready. That's kind of her thing. Yeah. It's raising the next generations, right? That's really exactly. good. Yeah. So yeah. when you started the church, you must have seen a need in Sydney. So I think it's really about hearing the, the direction from God, I guess. The calling of God, because I actually came from Indonesia and he's from Australia. So we both kind of got married in Indonesia and we, we met over here in Sydney and all that. And then we kind of just got married over in Indonesia because I was there back then. And we just knew strongly that God called us to Sydney. We didn't do any of those, um, the demographic kind of studies or right. preparation studies or anything like that. It, was, it really was God pushed us into this um, environment and we just, you know, like we just, just, knew just took, the, took the leap of faith really. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I say we take a trip. Oh, Care. we totally and head need to, to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, come. This is your captain speaking. <laughs> uh, we would love that, and it just sounds like you're doing such wonderful work. And so, honestly, 
the talk of the church and being pastors is new to us. We didn't even know that about you. Right. We were drawn to you through your children and their awesome music ministry that they have. So tell us about your children and how this all started, that they're this creative trio. And that like oh, you yeah. have such a presence. Like we heard about you in America. Right. I mean, how did that happen? Well, it, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's all by God's grace. It, all, it's, it is all by God's grace. It's been amazing. Um, two years ago, we didn't even have a clue that Josiah or Nathan could sing. But we knew and Sophia. We knew Sophia, the, the little girl. Yeah, definitely has a passion. She was, she was singing before she was talking. In fact. <laughs> uh, but for the two boys, we had no idea. And so what really the story unfolded at the beginning of the pandemic, because we were forced back into a lockdown environment. And as a church, the only thing we could do was go online. Yeah. So Grace and I started doing the preaching chats and, and worship yeah. and all these kind of things via YouTube live and Facebook live and all these, you know, online things that we'd never really experimented much with prior to the pandemic period because we'd never had a need. And we said to the kids, because they were at the same time forced back into a homeschooling situation, we, we want you to be productive doing something through this period. What's it going to be? And they watched our life. And as kids do, they see the example of their parents and they said, we're going to do what you're doing. We're going to get <laughs> online and we're going to we're going to open a YouTube yeah. channel. So we said, well, what are you planning on doing? And, <laughs> and, and the fact that God was so in it from the beginning was amazing. We sat down with them at the kitchen table and we said, so you want to <laughs> open a YouTube channel? What are you going to call it? Well, within 30 minutes around a table discussion with the three children, okay. uh, we had the name Creative Trio. We had a logo up. We had, we had the channel, channel open. Within 30 minutes, it was done. There was no real discussion to make it all happen. It was nothing serious about it back then. <laughs> yeah, and we just started uh, taking their lunch breaks and after school moments and all those hours to just record something, you know, mm -hmm. whether it was an encouraging message, whether it was a a sing-along that we could put out there on the, the church. For the church community, uh, basically. Church and, online, for our church. And that's exactly what happened. The, 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 the links were created. They went out to our church internal group, and they really just supported our church members. And then one of our one of our pastoral friends who's in America, she recommended us, you need to teach your kids harmony. We thought, oh, my goodness, like, how are we going to teach the kids harmony? We have no skill in this. I have no musical background. Uh, we can sing. We can play a few things, but we have no technical skill. And she said, you just got to do it. But, but from yeah. the foundation of it all, as you can kind of pick up, I guess, it was, this was never intended by us. It was God really pushing us toward um, where can the kids get involved? And now they're just loving ministry. They're loving being um, involved in worship and singing, but they're also stretching out and, and um, reaching into other forms of ministry. Like how can we encourage the younger generation? How can we be involved in the, the Sunday school and really build the kids and, it's, it just had other on-flowing benefits right. for, for them from a ministry perspective. Right. It's been beautiful. And that's so good because other kids are looking at what they're doing. You know, our kids don't have to feel like they don't have a place until they become an adult or they don't have a, a role in the church until they can teach. I mean, you can have a role and you yeah. can have a part that you play to to further Absolutely. God's kingdom. And that's what they're doing. And I think it's such a blessing to the older generation. So yep. it's a blessing to the kids, their mm -hmm. peers, but it's a blessing to the adults and the grownups because sometimes we get all about like what's coming of this world and like the world is such a mess and oh, that next generation is just a mess. And then it's like, you see this and it, I think it fills our hearts with hope. Like, you know what? God is still mm -hmm. working. God will be working in those kids. It's not hopeless. It's not hopeless. Something in yeah, your yeah. story just rang so true to me to me, probably to us, yeah. because our podcast started in a very similar way. You know, it was the it was the pandemic. We were home. We were doing everything online. We missed being together. We missed being in worship. And then Carrie, Carrie was really like, I have this idea. And it's similar. It was like within 30 minutes, we had a title of the podcast, Him right. Talk, Twin Talk. You know, we had a Facebook page and it was like, okay, we're doing this. Um, and it was, <laughs> We really felt like it was fulfilling this need of like singing and worship. And it's been so great. And so this awful pandemic lockdown, some good things came yeah. of it. Some good things came of oh, it. Totally. I think, I think God had a big plan through it all. You know, there's, yes. there's yeah. so many dormant potential that's sitting inside of people and dormant ministries and dormant opportunities that this pandemic has pulled out. And it's, uh, it's now so explosive because it's not reaching a local area. It's reaching the world. 
Right. Yeah. Who would have thought that it would have been so big, you know, over the Internet? Like, who knew? So, I mean, they are really talented. They all three of them have beautiful voices. Yeah. They hold their harmonies really well. I'm so surprised that you guys just said that you didn't even know how to teach them harmony because their their harmonies are beautiful. Right. They're strong. I know. Um, but there's something about their faces and their bodies and their physical gestures when they sing. They look like they love what they're, they're doing. They look like they're fully, fully engaged in worship. It really is a beautiful thing to see that they clearly love the Lord. They love music. They love worshiping and they love bringing people into worship with them. It's a very engaging way of singing that they have. They totally love worship. They really, um, really they love, love worship. worship. You can tell. Um, we have a, yeah, yeah. We have a family devotional that we kind of come together and we call it our family altar and it's their favorite time of the week. They just love it. I love that we're talking about being engaging when they sing, because I think that the hymn that we're talking about today, which is Lead Me to Calvary, is kind of a personal engaging hymn. It's not just, oh, let me tell you about this awesome story that happened 2000 years ago. It's come and experience it with me. Come and relive this with me. Um, and so we wanted to find a hymn that would like work for Lent and and this is just a perfect hymn. So tell us a little bit about how do you choose your hymns, your praise music, and then what ultimately brought you to Lead Me to Calvary? Yeah, okay, great. A great question. Um, hymns in, in general was an interesting one for us because being a charismatic environment, we, we sing a lot of contemporary Christian music and the kids have been brought up with contemporary Christian music. They, they knew nothing about the hymns. They knew um, <laughs> I mean, they, they knew amazing grace, 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 you know, the real, the real, yeah. the real, the real, real well-known How ones, great you know, thou right? art. And Grace, uh, Grace did, did get Sophia to do, I think, Greatest Life Faithfulness and How, and great, how great Thou Art. art. That's right. So there was, a, there was some real kind of small exposure to it. When we talked about what could we do for the next project, one thing that I put out there on the table, we really had a big discussion about is we want to do some hymns. I want the kids to be exposed to Learn. the deeper lyrics to the the blood you know the cross the, the the calvary like you see in this particular song the, the things that don't, they don't come out quite as strong in a lot of these contemporary songs that are being written and it's not you know obviously it's not to talk about one one genre or one era is better than another but i i think they all complement each other and when you get the full doctrine all together you really get the full picture yes. and so i wanted to make sure that my children had the exposure and experience to read these old English hymns and understand <laughs> what they really mean. And we, we had some amazing discussions because they've got to understand what they're seeing, right? Mm -hmm. To bring emotion and to they bring, you can't fake emotion behind a song, right? So they're, they're listening to us talk from the Bible and share from the scriptures and really gain understanding of what they're singing. Mm. And, um, and so lead me to Calvary. I'm not exactly sure how we chose this particular one, but we, amongst the set of Easter, I think, that time, ten, oh, that's right, it was for Easter, wasn't it? Yeah, that was done during the coming towards Easter last year. And I knew this song when I was growing up. I guess a lot of people know this song when, when they're growing up, you get exposed to this song. And I just love the chorus of the song. It's really, you know, one of those com communion time when you. Um, you know, those moments that, you, you know, your, the, the worship team sing this part of the song and it just really reminds you again about the cross and the sacrifice of Jesus. And so we decided on, okay, let's do this one. And we did the power of the blood. And I uh, think we also com composed a song yeah. called Only, only, your only, by, your only blood, by Your Blood, which is connected to the hymns, Nothing, by the blood, Nothing But the Blood. Mm. So if you go into the hymn collections that we have, it's got that three or four selections of Easter. We feel like we've sung it in the past in our church on that Holy Thursday, that Maundy Thursday. Do you have that a service? Do you have a service on the Thursday before Good Friday? No, we yeah. don't. We it's don't it's have not, that. not common for not Australian churches yeah. to do anything on Thursday. I know it's kind of it's not kind common. Of not that common here. Yeah. We've we've gotten into a tradition of doing it, and it's it's a very quiet solemn service we don't have drums play no, no. it remembers jesus's last, last supper, supper so we usually take communion together and this hymn lead me to calvary we've done many times on right. monday thursday it's just it fits it perfectly and it's it's sweet and it you can take it slower it's softer mm -hmm. it's yeah it's a very sweet 
Melody, we're, we're going to talk after you leave yeah. about who wrote it. So it's written. The tune is by William James Kirkpatrick, who really is one of my favorite hymn writers. He writes beautiful tunes. I think he's great. And it's highlighting a female hymn writer, which anytime we get to do that, it's always exciting. Yep. There's just, you know, there's not a lot, very many, there's not a lot of many. them, but there's yeah. certainly a lot more men who write hymns. Yeah. So it's just, so it's, this one is exciting for us to highlight. This to, week. Yeah. To just dig into and learn as much as we can about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we're just thankful that we get to share your music. Now we're actually doing things a little differently. This episode, we're going to share the music early right now. We're going to share it right when, right at, when this interview is over for everyone to hear. And then we're going to really dig into the verses because they're so full of content. We want to dive deep into them. They come right from the Bible. They tell the story of Jesus. So we're going to spend our time doing that yeah. after we hear your, yeah. your rendition. But we'll definitely share with our listeners the whole that Easter segment yes. that you talked about. I think that's beautiful. I haven't heard your, your original. The original, so I really would love to hear that. So which one of the family of five is <laughs> more into the songwriting, like more into the lyrics? Oh, that's that's its, it's own teamwork. story. Teamwork, it's teamwork. So I love that. Songs. So the kids been busy doing their singing. Um, I was kind of like more a bit more musical, so I did a lot of the harmony. Okay. But you know, and then he's he's got a lot of the beautiful English and the 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 beautiful rhymes and all that thing. So we kind of just teamwork together. Yeah, I love that. I've written, I've written about nearly thirty, songs. probably thirty to forty songs during the pandemic. Okay. Uh, they're they're available if you want to have a look on Antioch.tv. That's the, okay. the website, Antioch.tv. We'll definitely share that. We'll definitely yeah. share it with our listeners. Yeah. We are, we're now in the progress of putting the whole album um, for all the originals up with the creative trio. So it's going to be two of us with the creative trio together. So it's like a family album together. Yeah. So it will come out sometime this year. Grace, I just wanted to ask you, you said you knew Lead Me to Calvary from being a little girl. I don't know what your first language is. Did you learn this in English or did you learn it like in Indonesian? I learned this one in Indonesian. Wow. Yeah, I knew it in Indonesian language. And in fact, Nick never heard about this hymn before. Um, So when I brought it up to him, let's do this song. He's like, I've never heard about this one. And then I, I kind of just find about the English because I knew most of the hymns have the English version to it. Yeah. And he's kind of, oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful, powerful lyrics that we can definitely bless the church. So finally, you know, he, he, he's warm to it. And then because he's the one that doing the recording with the kids and directing them. And I can't do that. He's more technical than me. So, okay. Okay. so he's gonna he's gonna say yes to this, right? <laughs> and well, then, you can make and, a great team. team. <laughs> you remind me of who were the who was, was the husband and wife team that we did. It was right. like God will take care of you. The hymn God will take care of you was written by Walter and Sevilla Martin. And that's kind of what you're yeah. reminding me yeah. of. Yeah. I love, <laughs> I love it's a team. I love that you are, you know, doing new stuff and like always mm. kind of finding what's next to do, um, but also honoring the hymns of the past. Like, that's so great. It's such a nice balance. And I just find that um, having both is so wonderful for your worship and for your spiritual life. You know, if you're only new or only old, you're missing one whole part of it. So we actually kind of joke our joke about him. Talk to and talk is we're. <laughs> introducing hymns to an entire generation of people that may not have ever heard hymns. And we're introducing yeah. podcasts to another generation. This was so great. You guys, Thank you. that was a lot of fun. We love you guys. You're, yeah, amazing. You guys <laughs> you're, you're wonderful. You're you just, like, you're just such an inspiration as yeah. parents, as parents. ministers, as, you know, creative people. Um, I think you are just awesome. Yeah, so glory to God. Yeah. All glory to God. Please tell the kids that they have two huge twin fans in America. (laughs) Totally. We will definitely We'll pass it on to them. They'll be back about six more hours from school Uh and then we'll pass it on to them. And I'm pretty sure they're gonna watch this and they, you know, they're definitely gonna watch it and they'll they'll hear about them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Thank you so much for the honor. Thank you. Have a wonderful night. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you. That was so nice talking to them. What beautiful people. I know. Such hearts for service. Yes, so they love wonderful. the Lord. They're committed to, you know, spreading the good news. Truly inspirational. Like yeah. from a ministry standpoint and from a parenting standpoint. Right, right. Yeah. It's All right, wonderful. So now we're going to listen to their version of 
lead me to Calvary. We want that fresh in your minds right when we start talking about it. So let's listen to these three little kids sing, Lead Lead Me me to to Calvary. King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. introducing their children to the old hymns of the faith. I mean, Grace said it. She knew the hymn from her childhood. No one else knew it. The kids didn't know it. The husband didn't know it. And she said, I want to do this. And that's kind of what we want to do for our podcast. We want people to get to know the hymns. And those three kids who... You know, have just jumped into this. Yes, they didn't even—they weren't even singing harmony before. They right. just jumped into all of it. Uh, they really are super sweet and talented. And we totally told the parents that we want to have them on the show next time. Yes, yes. Wouldn't wouldn't that be so cute? I would love to talk. So to So we've those had kids. really adults of all ages. Yes, yeah. you know, younger than us, older than us. It would be so interesting to to Zoom and have a little interview with, like, little guys. Yeah, teenagers. Teenagers. All right, I'm so excited to talk about this hymn writer. It's someone that I didn't know before. Jenny Evelyn Hussey was born 
on February 8th, 1874 in Henniker, New Hampshire. She really lived her whole life in New Hampshire. She died in Concord in 1958. And she only moved to Concord when she was failing in health. She lived at the Concord Home for the Aged. Wow. I know. She lived there till her passing, and then she was buried back in Henniker. Henniker. Concord, that's not that far from us. No. So you know that we live in Massachusetts, and Henniker, we Google mapped it, and it's just over an hour away. We definitely don't need to fly, but I mean, I think our captain just means that we're traveling, so I'm playing it. This is your captain speaking. <laughs> so Henniker, New Hampshire, there is a historical society, and they offer two tours. Mm. I was so excited to find out whether this tour was something about Jenny or something about church. Well, there's two tours, you guys. One is the Plummer Cemetery Tour. Okay. Plummer? It, plumber. P-L-U-M-M-E-R. <laughs> oh, okay. It is not the Friends Cemetery, which is where our Jenny is buried. Mm. So you take this Plummer Cemetery Tour, and it is not to see Jenny's gravestone. But you know what you can see in this Plummer Cemetery Tour, Gary? I, I have you, no idea. You can see where George Washington's First cousin is buried. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. That's that's like the the big takeaway from the Plummer Cemetery Cemetery tour. So I think if we're mentioning people's first cousins, we should mention our first cousin. Okay, cousin Aaron. He lives in Franklin, New Hampshire, and we love him. And maybe if it's near Henniker, we can visit cousin Aaron. And, and then George Washington's cousin. cousin. Yes. And actually, we should just mention all our first cousins. Yes. We don't want anyone to feel, to feel left, left out. out. So it's Aaron. Stacy, Andy. Kristen. Laney. BJ. Ashley. Have we done everyone? <laughs> I can't believe we just did that. I know. So we weird. did not practice that. But we, <laughs> we did not, not only did we that. hit every cousin, but like we went back and forth I families. That was, that was, it was like impressive. We, it was like we prepared it. All of our it. cousins will be so impressed. <laughs> Um, okay, so if you don't want to see the Plumber Cemetery tour or you just want to do something else fun in Henniker. Yeah, yeah, what else? We have the Nettie Douglas murder tour. What is that? You are going to travel back in time 128 years ago. A tour bus, tour bus, will transport you to each of the locations where poor Nettie Douglas was murdered. It was Henniker's first murder. That seems kind of like a bizarre tour. <laughs> no judgment, Gary. People <laughs> in Henniker are listening. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Jenny. She was born on an old farm home that had been occupied by four generations of Quaker ancestors, and she attended Quaker meetings from childhood. I read in many places that she actually spent most of her life caring for her helpless invalid sister. It says that she displayed a cheerful personality and she often referred people when they asked her about it, she often referred them to Luke 9:23, which calls us to take up our cross daily. So that was just the kind of person that she was. Mm. Now, she was so talented, she was always writing. In 1898, her first hymns were published. She was 24 years old. Now, in total, she wrote over 150 hymns. And really, those are the only ones that we know about. She could have written a lot more for her private journals or whatever. But yeah. the truth is, is that we only know one mm-hmm. of those 150. We only know one, and it's Lead Me to Calvary. Now, she grew up in this Quaker home, but as an adult, she joined the First Baptist Church in Concord, New Hampshire, Mm -hmm. and she actually wanted to be baptized. Quakers didn't practice water baptism, so she approached the pastor saying that she wanted to be baptized, and we have a direct quote. (laughs) Attention, please. She told the pastor... I've spent much of my life hidden away in the country, and I'd like to have the opportunity before God takes me home to tell everybody I love Jesus. As Baptists in our tradition, that's what we say baptism is. It's about an outward display Mm -hmm. of what's going on on the inside. We are believers in Christ, but we're baptized to affirm our belief in the Lord. Right. Yeah. Now, we only know this one hymn by her. I mean, of course, there are others, but... She may be well-known, maybe even more well-known, for a poem that she wrote called The The War War Dog. Dog. This is a famous poem. It's the true story of a stray dog named Sally who became really attached to one of the soldiers from Pennsylvania during the Civil War. 
The dog followed the soldier into battle, and when the soldier fell, the dog refused to leave. And Sally was adopted as the mascot of the 11th Regiment of Pennsylvania Volunteers. Mm -hmm. She stayed with those soldiers until she was eventually killed in battle. It was the Battle of Hatcher's Run, Virginia in 1864. I would love to go to Gettysburg. I've never been. Um, so here's our captain again. Yes. This is your captain. <laughs> we could drive there. But at Gettysburg National Park, there's actually a statue. Mm-hmm. It's a cast bronze replica of Sally, and it stands there today. Mm-hmm. Now, the poem that Jenny wrote went like this. Sally was a lady. She was a soldier true. She marched beside the colors, our own red, white, and blue. It was in the days of our Civil War that she lived her life so true. And yeah, the, we'll show the picture right here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really sweet. Just it's the sweet. sleeping dog. Now, I just feel that it's just so obvious that this woman had talent. You know, mm. she had a knack for writing, and she tried to write as many things as she could. When we really look at the words, they're just beautiful. They're interesting. They're creative. And they do more than tell the story. They really do. They really invite you into the story. So I thought maybe we could talk about the refrain for a second. Okay. You heard the beautiful creative trio do it. But let's do the refrain here and then talk a little bit about what makes it so special. Mm-hmm. Lest I forget Gethsemane. Lest I forget Thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me. Lead me to Calvary. So I have some interesting things that I looked up in terms of poetry. What makes this refrain so interesting? It is the effective use of anaphora. What's that? What's that? Anaphora. Anaphora. <clears throat> Any guesses to what it is? No, not a guess. Just a lot of good sounds. <laughs> yeah, right. It's repeating the first word or words in successive phrases. Okay. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Lest we forget. Okay. So that is a very good use of anaphora. So anaphora is really about the beginning of a phrase that gets repeated. Because I was thinking of all these songs in my head, like, we are one in the spirit, we are one in the Lord. Or another great one is, in my life, Lord, be glorified, be glorified. So then I would say, like, be glorified would work. Or even in my life. In my life. But it's not that. It's about the beginning of the phrase that that's repeated. I mean, I kind of like the 1960s example from Sam Cooke's song, Don't Know Much About History. Don't Know Much Biology. Don't Know Much About science books. Don't know much. (laughs) About the French I took. So the point is. But I do know that that I love you. (laughs) And I know that if you love me too. I know that song. I'm so glad. All right. So that's more of. (laughs) That's that's an example of anaphora. Because it's don't know much. Right. And that's the point of the song. Like, I don't Don't know know. much. I don't know much. I don't know much. So the point of this song is lest I forget. I do do not want to forget. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. The other thing, she uses an effective tercet rhyming pattern. What's that? What's What's tercet? Well, can you guess what three? Yeah. It's three successive phrases that all rhyme. And from what I read, it is quite unusual. And it demonstrates more skill than many other poets in this genre. Lest I forget Gethsemane. Right. Lest I forget thine Agony. agony. Lest I forget Christ's love for me. And I just, I'm going to say this again. I just think she was talented. I think she was skilled. I'm sad that we only know one of her hymns. But we should go and we should look at more. Mm -hmm. Now, this is kind of funny. Okay. The meter for Lead Me to Calvary is the same meter as last week's episode, Faith Faith is is the the Victory. victory. What's the chance of that? So it's a very common meter, 8686. Yeah, that is very common. 
But one is, you know, going into They're battle. They're so different. And They're one so different. is soulful and worshipful, remembering Calvary. Okay. All right. So do you want to try it? All right. Here we go. Ready? All right. We have, like, the words on one page, the music on another. It's not easy. Try to do it with us. Well, we could take it a little slower. That's so true. we're going to do verse, verses one and two. Right. In the tune of Faith is the Victory. Okay. So Jenny Hussey's first two verses yep. to Faith is the Victory. Okay. King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow, lead me to Calvary. Show me the tomb where thou wast laid, tenderly mourned and wept. Angels in robes of light arrayed, guarded thee whilst thou slept. I mean, it's actually really pretty. I loved Faith is the Victory last week, and I do love the tune. Yes. But those words. I well, mean, they don't match. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's really cool, though, to demonstrate yeah. the same meter, mm-hmm. 8686, but it does not work. I mean, it's a completely different feel. I would say you don't even feel like those are the same meters at all. No, and I would say they don't even seem like the same song. Right. Like, the words don't carry the weight and the meaning and the depth that they do in Kirkpatrick's tune. Right. Well, it's time to talk about Kirkpatrick, right? Yes, Kirkpatrick. Carrie's favorite. I mean, really one of my favorites. I've just never met a Kirkpatrick tune I didn't like. Mm -hmm. William James Kirkpatrick was born on February 27, 1838 in Dungannon, Ireland. His family immigrated to America, and they actually went to Duncannon, Pennsylvania. That works out. And he spent his life in Pennsylvania. Now, Kirkpatrick... What can I say about Kirkpatrick? (laughs) He has such a way with melody and Mm -hmm. tune. I really do think that some of the prettiest hymns and gospel songs are by him. If you want to hear more about William Kirkpatrick, I really encourage you to go back and listen to episode 33. So he wrote the lovely tune to Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. It's so pretty. Mm -hmm. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. Beautiful. So, William Kirkpatrick wrote over a thousand hymn tunes. Amazing. And I think if you went through his list, you'd find many that you know. Mm-hmm. Jesus Saves is another good one. Oh. That's such a great one. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. I mean, we have to do Jesus saves at another day. I know, and that's another one where the writer of the words is a woman named yeah. Priscilla Owens. Yeah. Definitely go back and listen to episode 33. We talked about him a little bit on Away in a Manger mm-hmm. because he right. did the alternate tune, which I actually prefer that tune. And it is so pretty. And it is so pretty. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. Such a pretty tune. Mm-hmm. He just has pretty tunes. So, yeah, please go back and, and listen to that. And I'm sure we will revisit Kirkpatrick mm-hmm. in another episode. Let's dive into these words, okay. though. We did hear Creative Trio sing it. It's so sweet to hear such a deep song with so much meaning and so much depth sung by these the young children. voices. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Let's look at each verse because each verse really tells the story. But again, it's not the point of just telling it. It's about inviting us into it. Mm-hmm. Now, the first verse focuses on Jesus's thorn-crowned brow as he hung on Calvary. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be, lest I forget thy thorn-crowned brow. Lead me to Calvary. So I love right away that we're calling him king of our life. Right. This is acknowledging that at the ascension, he went to heaven and he's raised on high as king of all. Mm -hmm. So we're saying we're crowning you as king of our life, but we're remembering back to the crown of thorns, which was a cruel, mocking symbol of his kingship. Since we're in Lent and since we're getting so close to the 
Holy Week. Um, let's read that. Yeah. We have the book of Mark, chapter 15, and I'm going to read verses 16 to 18. What does the Bible say? And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion. And they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail, King of the Jews. So Jenny is in, is reminding us of that. Yeah. Yes, we are crowning him as Lord of our life, mm-hmm. but let's look back so we don't forget when he was crowned with that crown of thorns. All right, verse 2 focuses on the burial of Jesus following his death. Show me the tomb where thou wast laid, tenderly mourned and wept. Angels in robes of light arrayed guarded thee whilst thou slept. Now, the burial of Jesus following his death isn't given like the same spiritual significance as his death obviously, or his resurrection, but it is a fact, a fact that happened. Let's hear about it. This is from Luke 23, 50 to 54. Now there was a man named Joseph from the Jewish town of Arimathea. He was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action, and he was looking for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. Now, Jenny maybe took a little bit of creative license here. So, yes, he's definitely buried. And we read earlier in the chapter that there were a few who wept for him at his death. This is the same chapter, Luke 23, but earlier, verses 27 and 28. And there followed him a great multitude of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting for him. So that's true. There were people who were weeping and mourning for his death. The next part of the verse is where maybe she just gets a little creative. Now, we don't know if there were angels guarding him while he was in the tomb. I mean, we could assume there were. But this is what she says. And we know that angels were there when he rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. So she says, angels in robes of light arrayed guarded thee whilst thou slept. All right, now let's look at verse Mm 3. This verse focuses on the resurrection of Jesus and the empty tomb, which pretty much validates his death on Calvary. He is not dead. He is alive. Let me, like Mary, through the gloom, come with a gift to thee. Show to me now the empty tomb lead me to Calvary. I mean, this is obviously referring to what Mark says in chapter 16, verse 1. There was Mary, the mother of James, Mary Magdalene, and Salome bought their spices and went to anoint the body of Jesus. And the body wasn't there. Right. And Jenny Hesse is doing what we're talking about. She's Mm -hmm. inviting us to be members of the story. We're the ones who are bringing the spices. And we can't go to the literal tomb of Jesus Christ with a gift. But we should have that same attitude, Mm -hmm. giving to him what we have, obeying him, and living our lives in service to him, just like these women did. Mm -hmm. Now, stanza four is where it all changes. Okay. And I think this is so interesting, and I wish I could talk to her and ask, you know, why this changed. She could continue on with the story of Jesus in verse four. She could talk about when Jesus met up with his disciples. She can talk about how the women went and told everyone else, and people didn't believe them. She can continue the story, but she flips it completely and makes it a prayer for herself, a prayer for us. And I just have to think that knowing what we know about Jenny, this was really personal to her, that she was living her life, taking care of her sister. She says, may I be willing, Lord, to bear daily my cross for thee. Even thy cup of grief to share, thou hast borne all for me. And I really feel like the three verses tell the story. They all have to go together to get the full picture. Mm -hmm. But this fourth verse could totally stand on its own. I feel like it could work as a sermon response. It could work as an offering response. I really love this, and I think it was intentional that she tells the story of Jesus, his truth, what he went through, the thorns, Mm -hmm. the burial, the fact that he was raised, and says, 
I want to live my life for you. And then we hear Jesus's words that Jenny is quoting from Matthew chapter 16, verses 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Mm. So in that final verse, she's saying, if you want to follow Christ, this is what we do. This is my prayer. And I hope that especially now during Lent when we're focusing on the sacrifice of Jesus, that this would be all of our prayers. Mm. Well, I mean, we've just gone through the whole thing. We already heard Creative Trio. Yes. I mean, Kelly, do you want to share your hymn take? My hymn take is the fourth verse. I love that fourth verse. And I just feel like I want to use that somewhere in worship. Mm -hmm. May I be willing, Lord, to bear daily my cross for thee. Even thy cup of grief to share, thou hast borne all for me. When you realize what he's done and how much suffering he took, well, of of course I will do that for you. Of course I will take up my cross. Of course I will share in the cup of grief because I'm so thankful for what you've done. I I love this whole hymn, and I don't want to take away from the first three verses because I think they're so creative, but I just love that fourth verse. And I think it was intentional for Jenny to to flip it and be about us. Because there's lots of songs that describe the events Mm -hmm. of Holy Week. And then there's lots of songs that are a commitment to following him. So she really does both. Yeah. It's a nice marriage. Yeah. Um, Well, I actually... I love the phrase, lest I forget. Mm. And I think that we have like our layman's kind of definition for the word lest. Yeah. And we say like, oh, you know, so I don't or whatever. We should never. We should never. But if you actually look at the definition, because I looked it up, it says it's with the intention of preventing something from happening. Right. So it's intentional. Right. We are doing whatever we can so we don't forget. And that's what this hymn is about. Right. It's intentional. And it says, you know, in kind of another way of describing it in the dictionary, it says that um, it can indicate fear. So it's like you actually are so intentional about not forgetting. You're, You're almost like you're afraid of what would happen if you did forget. Right, right. And I think when you really define the word lest... It does bring that point home even more. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, I hope I don't forget. Mm. It's intentional. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to be intentional when we go to church right. during this Lenten right. season. Right. I am going to church so that I don't forget. And I think that's a huge part of worship. Right. To just remind ourselves who God is, what he's done, and who we are in Christ. Mm. And so if you have a church family that you can belong to, I would encourage you to go be with God's people, worship every Sunday to help you remember, relive, anamnesis, remember what God has done. It would be a great reminder, especially right now during Lent. Yeah. So, of course, we have two more episodes for Easter. Easter hymns, Easter songs are beautiful. Um, What a thing to sing about and celebrate, you know, the resurrection of our Lord. Right. So we'll see you in a couple of weeks for another great hymn. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the creative trio. Yes. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, Grace. Thank you, Sophia and Nathan and Josiah. We love. We're off. Yeah. We love talking to them. All right, everybody. We'll see you later. This is Kim Talk, Twin Talk. Bye.